Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Chuck Charles Lawrence Thompson, and uh, across from me, across the ways, old Nathaniel Paul Thurston, the one who knows just about everything there is to know. And it's a glorious Thursday. We went and had lunch. In a restaurant. In a restaurant today. And so today is a good day. No mask. No. We, we defied California orders and went to yeah. a restaurant here in Nashville. One could so, say close to defying gravity. Same thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, that song gets me every time it comes in. That song, by the way, that's a band that Charlie used to play for called Three Pill Morning. Go check them out on iTunes. It gets me going every single time. Bob in my head, playing the air drums every single time. Yeah. So good. It's it's fun. Charlie Charlie went Charlie went around the world. Kind of. Not really. Not, not as much as I went around the world. No, I didn't make so, it all the way to Diego Garcia or whatever made-up island you went to. <laughs> <laughs> off, uh, the, off the panhandle of Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> Diego Garcia, is, it's, like, it's, it's like 10 hours south of Singapore. Of so we, we had to go into Singapore and then oh, okay. sit there sit there for a while. The plane broke the, down in quotation marks in Singapore. Is the island like 30 miles long and like that's it? It's like seven miles long. Seven miles. Yeah. It's very small island. Just enough for an it's airstrip. A cor- it's a coral reef. It's like a little U-shaped coral reef. And wow. we could only be on like 10% of it. The rest of it was used by NASA uh, for reasons unknown. No telling what they're doing. They wouldn't tell you. The guy told us that all they know is that that's where that Malaysian plane is. It's on that island right there. That is where they were looking. Do you remember the whole Malaysian plane thing? Mm-hmm. I miss those days. <laughs> you <laughs> oh my know? God. I miss it when that was what was on the news. Listen. <laughs> when that was a 24-7 news like cycle? 24-7 news cycle. Did we stop looking for those people? Like, they don't matter anymore? We're still looking for them. Yeah. They're, I mean, I think we, I think we quit, but man... <laughs> I don't mean that I wish more planes would go down. I just wish the 24-hour news cycle would be filled with something that we would all agree on, which is we need to find this plane. And it wouldn't be Trump's fault that we can't find this Malaysian plane in the Indian Ocean, or it wouldn't be Obama's fault, or or any of these guys. Michael Flynn didn't talk to Russia, and then the plane disappeared in Malaysia. There was nothing like that. And that, man, you... <laughs> You never know how good you had it. You know, you don't you don't know about the good old days until they're already gone. And the good old days we were just looking for when we were looking 200 people that were missing for a plane that had gone down. I hope that I hope that it, that was all a hoax and they landed safely and it was just the news stations made it up, you know. Right. I don't want any planes to crash. We're against death on the Good we Morning are. Liberty podcast. Maybe it was necessary for that uh what was that popular TV show about that plane crash? Lost? Lost. Yeah. Yeah. But, I got sucked into that for four or five seasons and they made more and I quit watching. I watched one episode. I was like, this show looks pretty good. And then I forgot to re- to watch the rest of it. Well, there you go. That was it. So you I'm going to watch Braveheart sometime and then get not going to watch Braveheart. I'm this just not going to do it. It's too late. Yeah. It's one of those had to be there movies. I'm telling you, it's one of those what? had to be there. It had to movies. be there in 1993. You, you were six. You had to appreciate it right then when you watched it. And now it's nostalgia that makes you think it's still a good movie. And if I go watch it right now, I'm going to be like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. You'll, it'll, That's what it'll, I'll be thinking about. It'll live up to the hype. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, everyone in the live group agrees with you, which, by the way, if you want to be in that live group, that's at patreon.com slash good morning liberty for as little as five measly bucks a month. Uh, That'll that's that'll get you nowhere. Uh, You can't find planes with five dollars a month. You can't you can't, uh, you know, fight Trump with five dollars a month. You can't even donate to Biden's campaign. No, that. you can fight tyranny with $5 but a month, yes. though, at patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. That's what you can do with it. Charlie's on a short schedule today because of children. So today, really just one. Charlie's got a great, just amazing son, but he requires someone to drive him around because he's not quite old. Maybe one more year he'd be able to drive. Yeah. So what is he, three? Three and a half. Okay, so, well, he's getting there. He's almost yeah, there. Give or take a year or two. If we were in the country, he'd already be driving a... A semi truck, probably. Yeah. So taking I, his, I drove my first. He'd be taking his three wheeler to school, man. I drove my first grain truck when I was like ten years old. 
and it didn't have any brakes, and that's how I learned how to drive. All the vehicles I learned how to drive on didn't have brakes. Hmm, how'd you so stop? You have to plan ahead. <laughs> that's really it. You have to be you have to be very now, mindful of what's going to happen. Now you drive a car that stops itself. I know. So you're on your phone all the time. I never required brakes or Guys, braking at all. I ran or I ride around with Nate, and I literally am grabbing the Osh handle the whole time. Yeah. Because Nate is literally Instagramming or Twittering on his phone because you guys require a lot of maintenance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're, I'm kidding. It's We love doing it. But uh, we're always interacting and responding to y'all, and we have a good time doing it. But Nate has gotten so good at, or his car has gotten so good at driving, really, that he's on there responding and creating content and doing stuff for you guys while we're going down the road. Yeah. Well, we, we the last time we went to the Young Americans of Liberty Conference, we drove, we drove to Michigan. Yeah, we yeah. did. And you put that thing on cruise and it, it just keeps up with the car in front of you. It does. It's If it goes down to zero, your car goes down to zero and it speeds up, it speeds up with it. It's, it's a real thing that like... Unbelievable. I, it Really having that option on your car, it's like a safety net really because it is by far, it has made me a terrible driver. I am so much worse of a driver now that my car stops itself when it's on cruise control or when it's driving, it'll start, it'll restart. If you get to a stoplight and the car in front of you starts moving, it'll restart. So much worse of a driver now than I used to be. And it's because I'm now, uh, I just have this, this safety net. I'm just, I'm just dependent and, and, and just assuming that it's going to take care of the problems for me that are around. And uh, th that's, you know, I think that goes for a lot of things. Honestly, it does. Milton Freeman always said, what do he say? If you want to make cars safe, replace the airbag with a machete. I think that's what Dr. House said is actually the, oh, the what he said. House yeah. said that. He said, if you actually wanted to to make driving safer, take out the airbag, replace it with a machete. No one will drive over five miles an hour. <laughs> and a, if you really want to make cars safe, there won't be any accidents. No, not at all. Everyone would be completely mindful all the time. Right. You have to be when you don't have to be then there's room for a lot of error. There is. So anyway, this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast. We do talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. Subscribe to the podcast. Hit that button. Just like 92% of the people who have listened to this podcast, we got to run through the news because we got a short episode breaking news. This is from the Washington Times right here. The Senate has rejected a measure that would block the FISA court from approving searches of U.S. citizens. Dr. Oh, Rand man. Paul was up there bearding all over everyone <laughs> on the Senate floor today. And he put up an amendment to try and block the FISA court from spying on U.S. citizens, obviously trying to take advantage of the new news that we keep getting that, you know, probably Trump's campaign was quite possibly a victim of some abuse of power yeah. by the FISA court and by the administration of uh, Barack Obama. So trying to go ahead and take advantage of that and get something passed that we all care about, which is blocking the FISA court from spying on American citizens. So now, of course, this whole thing came up because of this unmasking Flynn thing that the Republicans are running with everybody on the right's like, oh, my God, Joe Biden, he requested unmasking of Michael Flynn. This is a political opponent. He had already won the election. They were trying to enact the Logan Act, by the way, which apparently that has never even no one has even been prosecuted for the Logan Act. I don't even know what it is. But it's Logan like, wasn't even prosecuted for the Logan yeah, Act. They like dropped a, the case. It's a 200-year law that no one has ever been prosecuted for. And they <clears throat> they were coming up with all this kind of stuff. So, of course, you know, Rand Paul introduces this. And what I find the most interesting about this is that they voted 85 to 11 to reject it. And what Rand Paul's amendment does, it's amazing we even need this. Yeah. What it does is it actually just reinforces the Fourth Amendment. It's literally just an amendment in the Constitution. His, it's already there. Yeah, his amendment would still allow the FISA to order surveillance of foreigners, but would force the government to obtain a search warrant from a traditional federal court to monitor an American citizen. That that should already be the case. And what your lawmakers did was they just voted against the Constitution. They're like, ha, well, we don't, we're above it. And and this, this was bipartisan, by the way. This was completely bipartisan. Unbelievable. This is one of those days where I'm like, hey, 
getting Republicans in office, that's not the end-all be-all to having liberty, folks. Do they care about the Constitution any more than anyone else does? Only if it serves them. That's really it. Only if it serves whatever their ideas are right there. It's always, we want the Constitution to be upholded if it's something that we care about. We don't care about it if it's something that we don't care about. And there's no principle. There's really no principle on either side. And props to the 11 people that did vote uh, for Paul's amendment. That's great. Uh, But once again, of course, did not pass. And FISA will, at at the grace of the Senate, be able to continue surveilling U.S. citizens without obtaining a search warrant from a traditional court. And see, this look, this is what no one's talking about except really Rand Paul and maybe the 10 other people who actually voted for this amendment. This whole thing with Michael Flynn, and I went on a Twitter tirade last night, um, obviously everybody finding out about it yesterday, and we'll probably do a deeper dive on this as we start to understand it more, but this whole thing with Michael Flynn's call, General Flynn's call to the Russian ambassador and it was picked up by intelligence. And when an American citizen is having interactions with a foreign national and it gets picked up, you know, that United States citizen's identity is supposed to be masked. Now, of course, it's not really that masked because most of the time when you're on the phone, like the Russian ambassador is like, hello, Mr. Flynn, how you doing today? Probably something like in a Russian accent. Yeah, he's it's, not going to say it like that. Yeah, no, he won't say it like that. He'd be like, Mr. Flynn. Something like that. Try it again. Do another one. Would you like some vodka, Mr. Flynn? Spot on. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And of course, General Flynn would be like, hello, Mr. Russian ambassador, man. (laughs) Of course, I would love vodka. How's it going in Russia? (laughs) How's it going? How's it going in the United States on Russian territory in the United States? You know, it's (laughs) it's no United States, United States. But and then they have that little conversation. So, of course, if that gets picked up, which all of them do anyway, you're going to know who it is anyway. But. I guess in the like the meta, the metadata and all that different stuff and the reports and the transcripts, the person who would actually is speaking is supposed to be masked. Yeah. And so unless there is suspicion of a crime committed or if you're high enough up in government, you can request one. Yeah, and that's that's what it is. That's it. Yeah. Literally, because there's no standard. And what Rand Paul's trying to do is introduce a standard to the intelligence community to say, if you are going to unmask a United States citizen, you must adhere to the fourth amendment. You're not above it. And what they've done with it, he's the only one talking about actually getting rid of the power that's being abused. Now, if we, if we go through this whole thing and Joe Biden ends up not being the nominee, we may have Bernie Sanders. Who knows if he ends up not being the nominee or they shoehorn Clinton in again somehow or something. I don't know. It, because of an abuse of power by the vice president of the United States who unmasked a United States citizen in violation of the FISA standards, that then that ability to abuse that power is still there if they don't get caught. Now, if it if it's if this amendment were to get passed or if the government would actually just uphold the amendments it's bound to uphold to begin with your Bill of Rights, the Fourth Amendment, then this power is gone. They wouldn't have the ability to unmask anybody. This is something I, this is where I would have hoped they would have at least been political partisans on this whole thing, because you would think Republicans now would see when you allow someone to have this power and then it's not your guy in charge, that power can be abused against you and it can be used against you. And you would think that they would look at it and they would say, well, we want to take we want to take away some of this power because we don't want it to be abused. The problem is their guys in power right now. So they're not going to worry about that because their guys in power. And then when there's another dude in power or girl, that's fine nowadays. If there's another girl in power, then they'll be probably against this abuse of power again. The only answer is you take away the power. That's all you can ever have as an answer. Just like they voted to get rid of Obamacare for 30 years. <laughs> they, yeah. they brought it. They had 28 votes against Obamacare while they knew Obama was in office and it would never pass. They, they had so many votes on it. As soon as they get a president that would actually pass that resolution, they don't even bring it up for vote anymore. It's not because they can't replace it. Remember the whole thing, repeal and replace, repeal and replace, repeal and replace. <laughs> so, yeah. Since they can't replace it then they're just not going to bring it up for vote anymore because it actually it would actually go through. They would get rid of Obamacare. 
And and it's like, what do you what do you replace it with? Nothing. It's the same thing. Right now, they're guys in power. Now, the question I had, and I know this isn't, I know I'm kind of just spitballing here. We didn't plan on talking about this, but I, I, the question I have is if Joe Biden abused his power of office for vice president of the United States when he was the vice president in Obama's administration by unmasking an American citizen without having probable cause or whatever the FISA standard is on a political opponent. How is it not abuse of power for Trump to have a foreign government investigate a political opponent's son is the difference is that it's the political opponent's son and that it's a foreign government investigating foreign matters. Like what's the, I don't understand how Republicans can be so gung ho about this. That, and, and, and I, you know, even watching Rand Paul's press conference about this because Rand Paul's like, Oh, Joe Biden was caught red handed. This is the smoking gun. He definitely abused his power. He's guilty of it. You know, this is similar to what Trump did, but what, what Trump did, you know, he was charged for abuse of power and we acquitted him in the Senate. So he never got, never got convicted of it, but Joe Biden for sure is guilty. How do you how think, do you correlate those things? I think the difference here is that our for now listen I'm I'm just I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. I'm not do I'm it. not actually disagreeing. Somebody in the um, live tell me too. How the, do you how do you how do these colors run, man? How does the, that dog float? The, the the difference I would say would be in the law and in the 4th Amendment it wouldn't be as against the law for a foreign government to be investigating someone because our our constitution is not governing any of those foreign governments so when we say foreign government surveil someone it's not the same thing as saying us government surveil someone and <clears throat> so it would be now the principle is the same because you're using your power and yeah, you're using your political power to try and investigate either Joe Biden's son or investigate Trump or whatever. So the principle is still the same that you're using your power to do that. But the law, I would say, would be different. Same, but different. Still I, same. Yeah. But just different. That, yeah. That's all I would say as as far as the uh, I, my devil's advocate on that, if I were going to argue the other side for no reason. Yeah, I, you know, I guess I can see that. I just, my problem is, is that they just shouldn't have this power. That's that's the actual problem. You know, like Joe Biden shouldn't have the power to place his son on a board where he's making fifty grand a month. You know, like that power shouldn't exist anyway. And then Trump's administration would never, we wouldn't have this, uh, you know, partisan hackery. That's going on where it's like, well, Trump did this so we can do this. And Trump's like, well, y'all did this so I can do this and blah, 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 blah. I'm just sick of it, man. It's always it's that vicious cycle of they did it so I can do it. And you're like, hey, he did this. You're like, well, Obama did this. And then and then later on, whoever the president's going to be, you'll be like, oh, you can't do this. And they'll be like, well, Trump did this. And then it just keeps going it just because keeps going. there's never really any principle behind any of the arguments. It's just politics. One That's thing it. we can all uh, we, we can all pay attention to right now. It's the government will always agree with each other for the most part, besides these 11, they'll always agree to take your rights away. No matter what, if this pandemic, this vote, anything the government does can teach you, they will not hesitate to strip you of your rights. And we see that going on with uh, old mayor Karen here. Mayor, She's not Sorry. even the governor anymore. Governor. She's the mayor of Michigan. Governor Karen. <laughs> Jeez. She's been demoted yeah. here at the Good Morning Liberty hey, podcast. I've, I've been to Michigan. It's a neat town. Tell me about Governor Karen. <laughs> this, coming from, <laughs> this coming from Fox News. A Michigan barber who reopened his shop in defiance of Governor Karen Gretchen Griswold Whitmer's coronavirus shutdown <laughs> orders had his license temporarily stripped Wednesday. Now the overall problem with this entire thing, anyway, is that he needs. That's a, what we'll be talking that about. He needs yeah. a license to cut hair, but anyway, Carl Monkey or Mank, seventy-seven, became a symbol of resistance when he opened the doors of his Owasso shop on May fourth and refused to close, pledging to keep his doors open until a police arrest him or Jesus walks in. Hmm. Either one. Yeah. Not Samson. Governor Samson, Karen said, "Here I am." <laughs> she, Definitely not Samson because Samson couldn't get his hair cut. 
So it would have to be Jesus. It has he, to be Jesus. He was allowed to get his hair yeah. cut. After a judge declined to sign an order to shut down his shop Monday without first holding a hearing, state regulators opted to suspend Mankey's barber and shop licenses. It is paramount that we take action to protect the public and do our part to help save lives. Attorney General Nessel said. There she is again. <laughs> Love this woman. What a what's what a great AG she is. Standing up for your freedoms here in Michigan. However, Mankey's attorney, Dave Coleman, told the Lansing State Journal that the state's action against the 77-year-old barber is an abuse of power. How about this abuse of power Ooh. thing coming up here? Man. Uh, quote, I think it's totally vindictive, Coleman said. It's petty. It's totally in retribution because they didn't like the court order from earlier this week. Mankey is still able to cut hair until the suspension is served. It had not reached the barber's hands as of Wednesday afternoon, the paper reported. He can ask for an immediate hearing with an administrative law judge at the Department of Licensing and Regulatory Affairs to fight the order. Wow, God's name. <laughs> Do we have an administrative law judge for in a Department of Licensing and Regulatory Affairs? Why isn't just not a regular court? See, this is what happens when they create What's these, funny is there was a regular these, court and the regular court decided that he could stay open. Right. Mankey has cut hair for 60 years in Owoso. It's time for this guy to retire, man. A small town 40 miles northeast of Lansing. He told reporters after reopening that he had no choice but to return to work because money got tight. He was issued a cease and desist order and two misdemeanor citations that could result in fines stolen over $1,000, but he refused to close. This is getting out of hand, Karen. It's getting pretty nuts. Now, <clears throat> this two articles, two articles in a row where we talk about abuse of power. How do you stop power from being abused, Charlie? You get rid of the power. You get rid of the power. So it can't be abused. That's that's what you that's actually have to do. That's the only answer. So it, Charlie said it right after the first paragraph in this article. The problem here, because this went to court. <clears throat> this went to court. The judge decided to not sign an order telling him that he could not close, meaning he could stay open. Wait, saying that he would have to close, meaning that he would be able to stay open. The judge did not force him to close, so this went through court. And now the state, because they have their own bureaucracy and their own executive authority, well, since they force you to have a license to be able to do any commerce with anyone, well, they can just take away your license. And now, even though a court has said that you can stay open, because none of these none of these actual stay-at-home things or these forced closes are going to be able to be held up in court, especially if they get brought up to the Supreme Courts in the states or the, the, the U.S. Supreme Court, they're not going to hold up. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it goes through court, because you've got to have a license to be able to cut hair in Michigan, and so they can simply just take away your license. And that's it. And that that's insane. We've got the same thing with restaurants and everything all over the place. Sure, maybe you maybe you can open your restaurant, but you know what can happen? The the health department can come in and they can take away whatever your certifications are for being able to be a restaurant. Right. So, yeah, sure, the the courts can say that you can be open, but we have our own little departments that can come by and shut you down anyway. And so this is this is just simply insane, and this is the problem with licensing, because it doesn't matter when this goes through the court system, this goes through Supreme Courts, whatever, if you're not going to challenge the fact that you have a license to cut hair, or that you have to have a license to cut hair, the state can still do whatever it wants. Whatever. And this is always what has been the problem with licenses, is that if they have to give you permission to be able to do something, then they can take it away whenever they want. So this ought to bring up a good conversation about licensing around all of these different states. I hope it does. I'm scared that it won't. So that that's where I come down on that. Yeah, and it, this is what, if you guys notice the language that they used here, this whole administrative regulatory agent, agency, what was this? Uh, he can ask for immediate, <laughs> he can ask. Oh, you can ask. You have permission, <laughs> Mankey. To uh, for an immediate hearing with an administrative law judge, because look, it's what was the whole thing? No taxation without representation, right? Yeah. We are supposed to be a representative government. You're now your representatives. What they like to do is they like to create all these agencies, these regulatory boards, these regulatory agencies, these administrative agencies 
That way they're not held accountable. They can still pass all these regulations. They're not laws. They're regulations that act as laws. And then you don't, you don't get to fight this in regular court, mind you. You have to go to administrative court. This is what the EPA and all these other people do to, to just you know, drain people of their money until they have no other option but to give up. And this uh, administrative law judge at the Department of Licensing and Regulatory Affairs, the DLRA, with, like what in God's name, Thomas Jefferson would be so pissed right now. <laughs> he would. He's, he'd be. He's been pissed for a while. Yeah. He, he has. He's he'd getting be, sick of rolling over in his grave. He'd be madder than a hornet fighting Asian killer hornets. Be, I don't know. He'd be madder than a murder hornet eating a squirrel. Exactly. I don't know. Whatever it is. Something it, like that. Same thing going down, by the way, in California. We're seeing the same crap. We've been talking about Elon Musk. Here's your Daily Musk report coming up right here from GML. It's paying off, by the way. Elon Musk's act of civil disobedience pays off as California health officials back down. So this whole thing we know has been going on with Elon Musk and Alameda County. He was following the state guidelines, but then Alameda County decided that they were going to put even harsher guidelines and not allow Tesla to open. I just got a phone call right there, my bad not allow Tesla to reopen their factories. And he said, you know what? We're just going to reopen. And if you want to arrest me, here we go. Just arrest me. Don't arrest the workers. I'll be out there working with everyone else. Yeah. And that's awesome. The, you know, big points for him for doing that. And so the, the uh, actual health department or the, the county has came out now and said that, well, you know, maybe we'll allow them to open. It says in a series of tweets, they said they had reviewed Tesla's reopening plans and held productive discussions today with Tesla's representatives about their safety and prevention plans. We've agreed that Tesla can begin to augment their minimum business operations this week in preparation for possible reopening as soon as next week. Well, thank you county officials yes. for possibly allowing us to reopen next week thank thank you for agreeing yeah with what we already knew so some of musk's remarks about this have just been super amazing this goes into an article from fee talking about how this is an act of economic civil disobedience this is the same thing we saw with the barber in michigan and now of course he's getting some fight from the state over the licensing. Now we're seeing the same thing from Elon Musk. He's got a little bit more clout than the barber in Michigan did. Plus, they're not dealing with Governor Karen there in California. So maybe it'll maybe it'll go better. But it was really funny. He said in a recent Tesla earnings call, Musk said the expansion of the shelter in place in the Bay Area, or as we call it, forcibly 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 imprisoning people in their homes against all their constitutional rights is in my opinion breaking people's freedoms in ways that are horrible and wrong and not why people came to america or built this country so it will cause great harm not just to tesla but many companies and while tesla will weather the storm there are many small companies that will not elon musk for president guys he's actually looking out for the little guy yeah he said if somebody wants to stay in their house that's great they can stay in their house and they could they should not be compelled to leave but to say that they cannot leave their house and they will be arrested if they do, this is fascist. This is not democratic. This is this is not freedom. Give people back their GD freedom. That's what he said. <laughs> would have loved. I so, should have bought one share to be on that call. Pretty crazy. So <laughs> this whole idea, and we don't have to go through this article because there's another really good one after that. But this is civil disobedience. And I hope we keep seeing some of this around the country. Not violent disobedience. We don't need to be breaking the windows of businesses to protest businesses not being able to open or right. anything like that. But some of the, the peaceful protests have been good. And business owners, if all the business owners decide that they're just going to open or they're going to defy some of these orders, listen, the government doesn't have enough boots to come through and put everyone in jail. They just simply can't do it. So what I would call for right now on the Good Morning Liberty podcast is if you know someone who has a business, it is time for some civil disobedience. Be safe, but hey, let's, let's, let's fight the power. Let's do it. We have reopened our business right here at Good Morning Liberty podcast headquarters slash Paradex OLLC. In defiance of the in, king. In defiance of the king, whether it pleases their, their GD crown or not. Okay, we are opening our headquarters, kind of. It's Charlie's house, so you can't just walk in. <laughs> By request only. Yeah. Make an appointment. You yeah. know. 
But, but if you I, make an appointment, we'll see you. Am I? You know, I talked uh, last week, and we'll have a, a a marathon of Braveheart. Yeah, running. My that's what Jeff said in the live group earlier. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. So, do it. I I'm busy. I okay. got stuff going on. All right. My dad told me a hilarious story earlier. This goes to businesses being civilly disobedient. My dad has a grocery store, and he put up a sign on the window saying that he was not going to require people to wear masks. And if you want to wear one, that's great. If you don't want to wear one, they're not going to do anything about it. And they're in Illinois. So you technically, by law, are required to wear a mask right now when you go around places. Now, the city is upset about this. They have gotten the health department involved now with the grocery store. Um, and that and that's not going to work out very, very well for them. He told me this hilarious story of someone walking around the store with a mask on. And gloves. Doing, doing all their grocery shopping. Gloves, right? No gloves, just oh, a no mask. Gloves, sorry. Doing all their grocery shopping with a mask on. And then when they got up to the counter to check out, they took down their mask. They well, they they got their wallet out, they got cash out, and then they took down their mask and licked their fingers to to go through the dollar bills and count them out. <laughs> and he was like just like yeah, like because you have to do that. There's no way you can ever, you know, go through paper of any kind without licking your fingers first. Right. So they just went through that, and he was like, "The people really do not know how to use these things. They need an instruction manual." And that's what I was telling him. I think one of the biggest problems with masks is that it creates a false sense of security where you turn off your brain to other ideas. This goes back to the conversation about my car. When we first started, like I'm in this car and it stops itself. So like, why would I need to look up? It keeps itself between the lines. That camera's expensive up there. Okay. I don't need to look up, but then, you know, maybe I do sometimes who knows, but that definitely takes down my ability to be a good driver. Not my ability, my willingness to be a good driver. I would say my, don't have to. my incentive to be a good driver is removed. When what people, those systems fail, when people are, you know, that's possible, but I hope they don't. That's all I can say. We'll see. We'll see. No, um, they. it's that whole security, that safety net thing. And when you put on the mask, you're like, yeah, I'm safe now because I have a mask on. And then you forget all of the other common sense things like not taking down your mask and licking your fingers so you can go through the dollar bills that were in your wallet, your fingers that had just been all over the shopping cart and all over the stuff in the grocery store. The whole time. So I'm worried that it creates this false sense of security where people don't actually try to be clean, like washing their hands and doing smart things like that. Like I said, I, if you're not going to wear goggles, to me, a mask is not all that great because you've got these little open, wet balls right there in the front of your face and they soak up all kinds of crazy stuff. So I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that I don't, I, I don't think that it's going to help overall. That takes us into the next article, which is all about whether or not you should wear a mask. Well, you know, I didn't realize today was going to be pissed off Thursday, but it is, man. <laughs> That's what this day is. It's a great day outside. It's actually beautiful. Unbelievably beautiful. Uh, this is coming from Fee, right? Fee.org. Yeah. Because yeah. that one article was so long. This is coming from Fee.org. Uh, stop forcing people to wear masks over COVID-19 fears. Polls show that more than half of Americans are now choosing to wear masks when they go out, presumably to prevent catching or spreading the COVID-19 virus. What one chooses to wear is up to them, of course, but the trend is a bit surprising considering government officials spent months telling Americans not to wear protective face coverings. Quote, we don't routinely recommend the use of face masks by the public to prevent respiratory illness, Dr. Nancy Messiner, director of the Centers for National Center for Immunization and Respiratory Diseases, said on January 31. And we certainly are not recommending that this time, uh, at this time for this new virus. Throughout February and into March, similar statements were made by numerous other top government officials and agencies. Health and Human, Sur uh, Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar said, quote, the average American does not need an N95 mask. These are really more for healthcare providers. He was echoed by Robert Redfield, director for the CDC, who told the House Foreign Affairs Committee that there is no role for these masks in the community. 
In February, the U.S. Surgeon General chimed in on Twitter, stop buying masks. He actually yelled on Twitter. Yeah. All caps, stop. That's yelling. Stop buying masks. Turns out, <laughs> if you had some N95 <clears throat> masks, you're probably, you're probably, those things were a hot commodity. Making a profit man. right now. <clears throat> Despite these warnings, the popularity of masks grew. Maskies, selfies of people wearing masks, are the latest trend on Instagram. Fast Company reports they've become a symbol and form of expression, a way to show social solidarity and empowerment. Quote, when everyone is wearing masks, I feel respected. One woman recently told National Geographic, they still around? I guess so. National Geographic, huh? The I haven't been to a doctor's office waiting room in a while. I haven't so. either. The message is, I'm protecting you. You're protecting me. I can feel safe. Oh, this whole... Just if we all just wore signs that said virus free zone, we'd be fine. <laughs> Feel safe. That's the key word. Whether masks actually prevent the spread of respiratory infection remains a subject of debate. <clears throat> There's a reason public officials made the statements above. An abundance of research shows masks offer little or no protection against infection from respiratory viruses. And some masks can actually increase one's risk of infection. Uh, now, this will probably go through some of the numbers. If you are wearing a mask, it does almost nothing to prevent you from catching something unless it's an N95. That's why N95s were made. Those actually stop, uh, I think it's 99% of particles from coming in whenever you breathe. Uh, Why don't they call them N99? I don't know. It seems like that would make more sense. I think it probably would make more sense. Is it 95% maybe? It's possible 95%. (laughs) I don't know. I'm, look, I'm not a, I'm not a masketologist. I'm not a medical tologist. Masketeer. Right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a masketeer. A 2011 randomized clinical trial found that medical masks offered no protection at all. A 2015 study concluded rates of infection were especially high in cloth masks, finding particle penetration in nearly 97% of them. A 2016 paper that analyzed six clinical studies found that N95 respirator masks fared no better than medical masks in preventing respiratory infection. As recently as April 7, a paper analyzing data from 15 randomized trials concluded that compared to no masks, there was no reduction of influenza-like illness cases for influenza for masks in the general population, nor in healthcare workers. Despite the lack of hard empirical evidence, however, the study's authors recommended the use of masks based on observational evidence from the previous SARS epidemic. That's very okay. interesting. Yeah. Now we don't we don't have to go through the whole thing, but the idea when it, number one number one this is the disclaimer: we are not medical professionals. I cannot tell you for sure that wearing a mask is a bad idea. That is not what we are saying. My main point from this is it doesn't seem like the science is settled on this. In fact, science is really never settled on anything. But we do not have absolute proof that I've seen, and. What I would question is, since we don't have absolute proof, does that mean that you should be kicked out of public places or put in jail because you're not wearing a mask? That's kind of the crazy thing to me. There's so many conflicting reports on this that you can still get arrested or kicked out of a a public place because you're not wearing a mask that we don't even know for sure does anything at all. Right. So that's the crazy part to me, but they'll take any opportunity they can to exercise power. That's that's the problem. The one thing a mask does do that I can tell you is that if you if you are sick yourself and you're wearing a mask and if you were to cough or sneeze, then it limits the amount of sputum that can exit your body. That's what it does, does, which does reduce the potential uh, to infect people to infect those around you because the droplets are not going into the air when you cough. They're going into the mask. And now Mm. there are going to be microscopic particles that go through the mask, but they don't, they're not going to travel as far. It's obviously going to decrease. If you were wide open. Right. Much like when you sneeze into your shirt, it's much better for everyone around you than if you were just to sneeze in the open air, especially when sunlight's coming through, you can just see that stuff spray all (laughs) over the place. It's pretty gross. And it's coming at you at 90 miles an hour, man. That's faster than Dale Jr.'s. Running around Talladega's, all right? I don't think that's faster. Close. <laughs> With the restrictor plates, maybe. But look. 
Exactly. You just take the restrictor blade off your sneeze. You take that governor off. <laughs> take the governor off. No. Look, but the, but the other thing is there has to be something. You know, I I am not a medical professional. I can tell you that. I do work in healthcare, and I I did go to nursing school right out of high school. That was my first uh, career path. Actually, was going to be nursing. Oddly enough, I know people are looking at me funny right now, probably, but it really was. And so I did take a year, uh, a year's worth of an RN program. I didn't finish because I, I went off to play music. But the way that they treat um, airborne illnesses is you gown up, um, you're in a negative pressure room at the hospital. So if you have something like tuberculosis or now COVID-19 or whatever it is that has a potential to for that illness to be aerosolized where you can actually breathe it in and become infected. Uh, TB is a big one, right? So those types of illnesses, they put you in negative pressure rooms in the hospital so that the, there's no airflow from your room throughout the, all the other hospitals. Cause if you guys notice in your house, you've got vents that transfer air and it circulates all throughout your house. Well, so they put you in a room that doesn't do that in the hospital. And then what you do is you gown up, you wear an N95, you put on goggles and all of that stuff so that if you were to get any virus on you, um, it makes it, it makes it a lot harder for you to breathe it in. And then if it gets on you, you are degowning after you leave that room. And so that way you can go see other patients without transmitting that virus. And that's the best way they've come up with trying to prevent the spread of a highly contagious disease that becomes aerosolized. Yeah. I, my, my biggest worry with this what you know wearing a mask that's that's fine obviously if you want to wear a mask just just do it properly like if you're going to go around touching things and then touching your eyes or touching your face or removing your mask and wiping the sweat off of your off of your lips or something like that at some point in time or you're going to take off your mask to talk to someone or something like that you're you're really defying the entire point of wearing the mask so don't make no sense that's i'm the only thing I'm worried about are the are people who think that since they wear a mask, sometimes they don't need to take any other precautions whatsoever, as opposed to people who aren't wearing a mask, but maybe they wash their hands more often or they're not touching their face or they're paying more attention to social distancing or they're doing things like that because they don't have a mask on. And then they end up actually being safer than the person who thinks that simply because they have a mask means that they can do anything they want. Yeah. And so that that's the... That's the kind of thing that I'm that I'm really worried about this is that I've seen so many people wear a mask and then do completely ridiculously stupid things. I want to try and get the surveillance video of that person doing that in my dad's store. Yes. Actually. That'd be that, awesome. That would be pretty good. You just so, blur his face. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, here's the other problem. The CDC was changing guidelines. I mean, they literally came out and said when they were running out of N95s and all this personal protective equipment, they came out and said, hey, like just order a cloth mask and wear that for now. That'll be fine. So they're changing protocol is what they're doing. This is what's confusing all these people. And I, I do think cloth masks are probably worse, but I can tell you, like I do know proper uh, sterile technique. So I can tell you when you're accessing, like for instance, if you're accessing someone's port and a port is a device that's in your chest and it is, it's a surgical, they, they do it through surgery. They place a device in your chest that is direct access to your heart. And so you have a basically an IV and sewn up inside of you that can give someone direct access to your heart. And when you're accessing that port in the sterile kit that they give you is a mask to wear for the person accessing the port. Same thing when you have surgery, they have masks. The reason why they have masks is so when they're talking to each other or you're talking to the patient or anything like that, your spit isn't flying through the air on an open wound or yeah. anything that's open that can get inside your body. That's what it's for. It's mainly masks help prevent spread of diseases whenever you're the person that's infected, not the other way around. Yeah. It's not like you can wear a mask and then make out with somebody who's got COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, it's like, Oh, we got a mask on. Like it's still, we can still do it. My main problem with this is that these questions exist and these studies exist, yet you could have your business shut down if you're not forcing people to wear a mask or you're not wearing a mask. Your employees don't have masks on or you can't run if you don't have masks for your employees or you can't go in public in some places if you don't have a mask on. 
but we've got plenty of studies saying that that might not even be beneficial, but it's apparently so beneficial that you can literally risk someone's life. I mean, I think I actually read about there was a shooting somewhere at a, at a dollar store from someone who wasn't wearing one, and I think they end up getting into it with a security guard or something like that. Maybe someone can can uh, can back check that. I just saw a video on but, Twitter with <clears throat> the cops tackling and arresting this woman who was with her daughter because she had a mask on, but it wasn't covering her nose. Now, I don't know the whole story. I just I just saw that video. That's what I was watching right before we went live. And you're like, oh, that sounds fun. And I'm yeah. just like, so you're going to you're going to tackle this woman and put your hands all over her. Yeah. You have like five cops all around each other, <laughs> you know, wearing the, and the mask end up gets torn off and all this stuff happens. Like, what did you actually accomplish by enforcing this ridiculous rule? What was it? What, what did you accomplish? You got to feel like you had control over. In fact, it looked else. like the video was coming out of China. The only difference was it didn't, you know, take a machete out and cut her head off. Yeah. That was really the only difference. Let's uh, I got to go soon. So let's, are you going to play that clip that I sent you yesterday that I thought was hysterical, even though it's a little bit older? Yeah. I just, we had talked about the numbers for this thing, um, you know, being inflated. And of course, if you say that, well, then obviously you don't care about anybody that's gotten infected with this disease. Of course, you know, you're just, you're just one of those selfish, greedy people who don't care about life, even though we stand for life, liberty and the pursuit of meaning. We're against death. We've yeah. said that so many times. Play the clip of this is a this is a doctor and she is the director of I believe she's the uh, the health the health director for the state, the In entire Illinois. state yeah. of Illinois. So this is like a month old, but it's pretty, this is one of the reasons that I've been like, guys, we don't know what the actual number is of COVID deaths. We we literally do not know. Could be more, could be way less. And and this is one of the reasons. This is a real Charlie sent it to me last official. night. Yeah. That this, this, I can't help but laugh. Let me see here real quick rule someone an actual COVID death. It can be a little confusing. She says anyone who has COVID when they pass away will be included in that category. Dr. Ngazi Azike explained this does not mean the virus caused that death, but if someone does test positive for COVID before dying, that is classified a coronavirus fatality. If you were in hospice and had already been given, you know, a few weeks to live, and then you also were found to have COVID, that would be counted as a COVID death. It means that if, um, it technically, if even if you died of a clear alternate cause, but you had COVID at the same time, it's still listed as a COVID death. So um, everyone who's listed as a COVID death doesn't mean that that was the cause of the death, but they had COVID at the time of death. Even, if you, so even if you died of a clear alternate cause, even if, yeah, it doesn't matter. COVID, COVID. that's a COVID death. It, he was shot in the head, but he had coronavirus. Had a car wreck. Had that's, coronavirus. That's co that's a COVID. That's death. a number. And she even she says in there, if you're on hospice, if you were in the if you were already on hospice and you died from something and they test you afterwards and you, you have had COVID, stage twenty seven Hopkins <laughs> lymphoma. They don't even know how you're walking. No. Yeah. A, a marvel of modern science. Mere minutes to live, and. And somehow you 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 can track COVID on top of that. It's a COVID death. This is why it's so this frustrating. Is like from the horse's mouth. Yeah. And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that because she's a woman or anything. I'm just like <laughs> that's a saying. It's from the horse's mouth. It's 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 completely insane. And this is why this is why it's so frustrating because we don't even know what the real numbers are, guys. I know I saw the same stories out of New York doing the same thing. They were counting COVID deaths if they suspected that they had coronavirus. Guys, you die basically from pneumonia when you die from coronavirus. We already have tens of thousands of people dying from that every single year. We do not know what the actual number is. There, all we're, all I've been saying is there's a really good chance that it's actually way less that have died at, from actual COVID-19. And a lot of people who died that were going to die anyway that ended up going down as a coronavirus death. So, but it's so important that, yeah, like Marie said, uh, there was a shooting, it was at a dollar general and the security guard ended up getting, 
ended up getting shot. It's also important that you can, you can force businesses to close and you can get in altercations with people over not wearing masks. Yet we can literally listen to someone say that if, even if it wasn't a clear cause of death, it's going to go down as a coronavirus death. And so what do you do with that? What do you do with that information? I don't know. It's so frustrating. So anyway, and guys. And of course, like if you go against the narrative, then you're just a bad person somehow. Yeah. Now, look, um, I, I wanted to, uh, I'm probably going to post this later, but this is uh, this is data coming from, uh, I believe it's the Netherlands and those types of places. It's from Europe. But uh, so far, they've analyzed the data on everybody that's contracted COVID-19. Um, and what they found was that if you were under 69 years old, you had less than a 0.1 chance percent, less than one uh, 0.1% chance of dying. If you were under 70, that's, it's unbelievable looking at this chart, by the way, age zero to uh, 50, you have a 0.058% chance of dying zero to 50. It's literally, it doesn't even get up there until it's, um, if you're over 75. So if you're under 75, it's a 1.6% chance. If you're over 75, it goes from 4.4 and then over 80 is 7.8. So like if you're near death yeah. in age, then getting this virus can kind of speed your death up a little bit. And that that's, would that's, and that would be really sad and terrible. It is. And I don't want any old people no. to die, but I really think we have a lot of irrational fear, especially from people that are our age, you know, 30, 32, I'll be turning 33 here here in a month. And uh I've I'm got still young. I've got like an a, like a a no percent chance of dying from this. Let yet. me uh let me read what you are at. Uh 30 to 39. 0.008%. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like yeah. I would be in that 0.008. Your chance of hospitalization is 0.29%. Your chance of an ICU admission is 0.06% to make it into the ICU. Yeah, we should definitely. That's it. We should definitely be getting into altercations that lead to people being shot over this. We should crash our economy over yeah. this. We should cause <laughs> millions of deaths from starvation around the entire world. 40 million unemployed. For this. It was all worth it. Yep. It was all worth it. Well, look, uh, I, we're running out of time, so I got to go. I want you guys, don't forget NASCAR starts up this weekend. <laughs> so make sure you guys are on that. Rebels racing, baby, boogity, boogity. Uh, no, in all seriousness, I've been telling you guys about this contest that we're running. It's a, it's the $500 stimulus package from Good Morning Liberty. You don't want to miss out on that. I want to read some of the latest reviews coming in. Uh, there's not very many spots left. If you want to be one of the first 100 people to leave a rating and review, that's going to get you five bonus entries five bonus entries that's so good. that's really good and so i'm going to be telling you guys the secret code coming up here pretty soon that you're going to have to have when you sign up for this contest it's going to be open to every person that follows us uh on social media listens to the podcast all of that so you guys are going to be in this contest for 500 bones and a lifetime lifetime subscription to mastermytrades.com which will uh which will teach you all about the stock market and trading and how to read charts and what's a candlestick and all of that. It's good stuff. So uh, this one coming from funny man, Stan, he said, Ron Swanson would be proud. These guys are the most listenable libertarian podcast I've come across. Wow. That's nice of him to say that these guys are the most listenable libertarian podcast I've come across. They managed to be funny while remaining principled, making what feels like a casual conversation very informative and productive to listen to. Appropriate for all ages, most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> I put that in there, most of the time. And informed levels of listeners who are enthusiastic about the Liberty Movement. What a great review. You guys keep uh, going. Leave us those rating and reviews and be a part of this contest. Who doesn't need $500 right now? Um of course I don't because I'm going to give it to you. So <laughs> <laughs> you got too much yeah. burning the hole in your pocket. Exactly. No, but it does. This helps us out a ton. And so we can't thank you guys enough for that, for sharing the show, for doing this contest, being a part of what we're doing, signing up on Patreon, patreon.com slash good morning Liberty. You guys supporting what we're doing here. So we really appreciate that. And as a Nate said, subscribe to the show. So all of that that you guys are doing really appreciate. I got to go. Hope you guys have a good day. Nate, take us out of here. Yeah, once again, Charlie, he's, he's out. He's running. He's out of here. 
He's got to go pick up his kid. So I'm going to finish. One thing I wanted to say to, to end this, because this can all be, this can all feel really, really negative. So I wanted to finish up with this. I, we had an email from a listener and he was asking, he said, people around my age are leftists or identify with those policies. Whenever you bring logic to the table, they snap at you since science research and media is basically owned by the left. How could we create a greater impact and have a voice in the near future? And so my my response to him was, one, how to conduct, I mean, not that he really has to have help from me on this, but how to conduct the conversations, by the way. I think we all have a lot more common than we think. I think the basis, the deep down rooted basis, even of leftism, is a desire to help poor people who they think need help from other people. I do, I do think that, I just think there's a lot of, uh, tyranny over the top of that and the the need to control people. And then that leads to hatred of people who do have a lot because I think they care about people who are poor and all that. But at the end of the day, even as libertarians, that's what we care about too, is, is helping people. And we truly believe that the ideas that we put out there are the best thing for the most amount of people. That what we talk about can actually help the most human beings, the most people. And I know, I know it sounds crazy, but it's just a little bit of personal responsibility, fiscal responsibility, taking control of your own future. All these things are really important, and that is what could actually help a lot of people. And what I told them a good thing to do would be to get, make sure that you get yourself, you know, I'm going to get myself in the position where you don't care who is in control of the government, be Elon Musk, you know, you just don't care who's in control of the government because you're you're above that. You can live inside of your own economy. And then guess what? You can also help other people. So that's one of the good things that we can do. And the other good thing that we can do is uh, share information, get information out in front of as many people as possible. You can do research and, and write your own stuff, whether it's just writing a really long Facebook post and getting it out there in front of people, uh, whether it's starting your own website, your own libertarian blog or podcast, Go do that. The more people we have out there spreading this information, the more people ultimately are going to receive it. And so to me, that's that's really the best thing that we can do. It's really one of the only things we can do, which is to get the right information out there, the right ideas out there, and then live responsibly in our own lives and take care of what we can take care of and lead by example and get the right amount of information out there in front of other people. So I just wanted to leave you guys with something positive. That That is what we can do instead of just complaining, which is really what we've been doing a lot on this podcast, but this is a, such a frustrating time. Uh, we've been complaining a lot about the economic response to this. And the answer to all of these things is to take away some of this power, take away those licensing laws, Get get rid of that. Take away those departments that are shutting down different restaurants or, or different businesses. Take away the surveillance power to, to surveil American citizens so those things can't be abused. Those are the actual solutions to these problems because you never know who's going to be in control of this government. You'd never know. And since you can't tell me who's going to be the president even next year, then why would I want to give that person power over everything? I, I don't understand why so many more people don't realize that, how so many more people on the left don't see that Donald Trump is in power, therefore, how can I depend on the government to do things when he is in power? How many? How is it that so many people who support Trump and are upset about the whole Russiagate thing could not be in favor of getting rid of some of these FISA rules and actually making it to where you couldn't spy on American citizens without a warrant from a normal judge. It's it's simply just because when your person is in power, you're okay with that power existing. And that can't be okay. You have to plan for the future. So just to leave it on a positive note, we all have to take care of the, own, the things in our lives that we can take care of, which is becoming self-sufficient, leading by example, getting yourself to a point where you can help other people, and and be someone be the bill gates you know without the conspiracy theories be the bill gates that's out there curing diseases or doing whatever whatever problems it is that you want to fix become that person work on becoming that person and that's really all you can do and the other thing you can do is share programs like this one 
or other ones. Go to the other podcasts and share their information. Share stuff from our website, from fee.org, from other other websites, and get the information out there in front of as many people as possible. If you guys do all that stuff, we're going to be right back here again tomorrow. You guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.